Welcome back to the Double Trouble Podcast. Well, 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 it's been a few weeks. I think it's been like three weeks. This last episode has been a long time. I have went out for a while once again, but I was recording every like few days. It was very consistent. I was happy with that. So I was all right with taking a few weeks off of this. Um, and um, um, I missed... Um, the conf- I missed the semifinals. I missed the majority of the semifinals. The last episode, I made my predictions for the semifinals. And now all those series are over. I'm not going to really go into too much time. To, like, I don't even think I'm going to do that at all. I think we're going to break down the semifinals. You know those series. You know how they went. We're already like three games into the conference finals. So I think it's. I'm, I'm just going to spend my time talking about that. And there's a lot of other things to talk about in the NBA world. This won't be another All-NBA episode. Um, there's one thing to talk about in the NFL. That's the Julio Jones trade, which happened a day after the last time I recorded, which, you know, sucks. But um, I, I can talk about it now, almost a month later. But uh, nevertheless, that's what I will do. We're going to start with the NBA. Um, I'm going to start with a few coaches that have been hired since the last time I recorded. Um, the Blazers hired Chauncey Billups yesterday. And a few days before that, the Mavericks. A lot of things went on with the Mavericks. Ray Carlisle stepped down. Um, they fired their GM and replaced him with Nico Harrison. Um, that's wild. That group of Carlisle, Cuban, and Donnie Nelson have been together for years. They won a championship together, and for two of them to be let to be to be gone from Dallas in one off season is interesting it's kind of crazy to me but nevertheless that's what happened and that was signed hi jason kidd um i think comparing jason kidd i think jason Kidd's gonna be a better coach now than he was um when hired with milwaukee because you have to look at the situation milwaukee um, Jason Kidd was hired to go to the Bucks, and he had Giannis. He didn't have a great team when he got that job, but um, he had Giannis, who was who had the potential to be a star. But no, I don't think many coaches could actually capitalize on that potential because um, not a lot of coaches knew what to do with Giannis, knew what to think of Giannis. Giannis was rare when he first came in the league. He was extremely rare. It was a six-seven dude. Hey, we don't know what to do with him. We just know he can't shoot very well. He shoots threes. He hits threes some of the time. Um, He doesn't have any weight on him yet. But we think he has the potential to be a star. So, yeah, you're supposed to unlock that potential. And it's not like Jason Kidd ruined Giannis. Um, Giannis, I don't think Jason Kidd is the reason Giannis developed. Giannis developed on his own. Um, Jason Kidd put him at point guard, put him at shooting guard. They didn't know... Um, Giannis gained all that weight, and once he committed to gaining all that, to gaining all that muscle and weight, um, his three-point shot was almost gone. He had too much muscle to be going and taking five threes a game, um, which is a little bit Jason Kidd's fault because Giannis did have a clean jumper at one point, and Giannis didn't get all that muscle on his own. His coaches obviously told him, "Hey, this is what we think you should do," and Giannis followed. And that's what happened. Um, but I don't think that was a bad thing for Giannis. He became better inside. He became an MVP under Mike Bodenhoser. You can say it's not the coach, the coach's reason that happened. But that's a discussion for another time. 
Um, nevertheless, Jason Kidd, the Dallas, which Jason Kidd got a few years to learn under the Lakers, and, um, and I think that's great for him. Jason Kidd's going to be a better coach than he was in Milwaukee. He, he fits better as a coach under this Dallas team than he did in Milwaukee, because the star player of the Mavericks, his skill set is actually closer to Jason Kidd's skill set. Jason Kidd wasn't that bad on Brooklyn. Um, but he was pretty young on Brooklyn. It was weird. There were players on the team that were older than Jason Kidd. Um, so that was interesting. Kidd as the Brooklyn coach. And in Milwaukee, he just didn't fit as a coach. Giannis liked him. He's a coach a lot of players have good relationships with. And when trying to appeal to players in free agency, a coach that players have good relationships with. Dame has a good relationship with Jason Kidd. Luka liked him. So, having a coach like that is never a bad thing. Um, I think, I don't think this is the hire that's going to propel the Mavericks to the promised land. But how many times do you look at a coach and be like, oh yeah, this is the reason this team got so much better? Not a lot. Not a lot. But, yeah, Jason Kidd is, I, 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 honestly, and I'll say this right now, Becky Hammond is probably better than both Billups and Kidd, and I definitely thought she deserved a head coaching job, which there are still there's still two um teams left. I think the Pelicans and and the Wizards. The Pelicans and the Wizards are still available. Um and there's still left to hire a head coach. I would be very surprised if he doesn't get one of those jobs. Very surprised. I, I definitely think she deserves one of them. And if she doesn't, I would obviously come here back and talking about it. So Jason Kidd, I think he's going to be all right for Dallas. He's going to definitely be a downgrade from Rick Carlisle. I don't think there's such thing as upgrading from Rick Carlisle. He's one of the best coaches of all time. Um, nevertheless, Rick Carlisle went to Indiana, which is where he coached before. We have no idea why Rick Carlisle really stepped down. Um, he wasn't fired. He stepped down. There are, there are rumors that Rikalov had a bad relationship with Luka Doncic. I don't know about that because, listen, Luka Doncic has been in the league for three seasons. You're telling me Rikalov just got the just decided to step down after the third season if he's had a problem with Luka for three years. I don't know. I don't necessarily know. So I don't I don't know what to believe about that. But Rick Carlo went to Indiana, which was entirely his choice. He decided to step down. He probably decided to go to Indiana. He probably got offers from every team. And he there was no even interview. They talked about Rick Carlisle. Rick it seemed like Rick Carlisle wanted just wanted to go there. He was probably already got relationships with some people in the organization. He obviously coached there before and that's the decision he made i think again like i said earlier not many coaching hires propel a team from bad to really good but the pacers already have the pieces they're not going to rebuild yet i don't think like they've never had a year when everybody was healthy Terrence lavert was definitely an upgrade for victor over depot i think Terrence lavert's a very good player you can have lavert you can have warren healthy warren was not healthy last year you're gonna have to bonus. Um, I don't know about Miles Turner. You're gonna have a draft pick. You're probably gonna get some pieces in free agency. Um, and I don't know what is the move that propels the Pacers 
to the height they need to go to. But I think Rick Carlisle as a coaching hire for a team that had problems with coaching for a long while, they shouldn't find Nick McMillan. They shouldn't find Nick McMillan. That's I was always against that decision. But nevertheless, um, I think Rick Carlisle is a very good hire for them. With the piece he already has, it's going to be a good team next year. They should be back in the playoffs. Um, yeah. The Blazers hired Chauncey Billups, and that got a ton of backlash, which may lead, which made Dame upset because Dame was getting backlash from quote-unquote Blazers fans about a hire that he had something to do with, but he's not the reason that they hired Chauncey Billups. Dame does not deserve backlash for this decision. I don't know. I don't know how good of a coach Chauncey Billups will be for Portland. Um, and But if this is the reason that Dame gets out, that would be pretty bad. But I don't think so. Because they saw Dame's reaction. They saw everybody else's reaction. And they still went through with giving him a five-year deal. So, I, like, I, think, I think if it was that serious that Dame was going to leave if they hired him, um, they wouldn't have went through... With the five-year deal, after that, I, like I don't think that would have happened. So I don't think Dame's out of Portland. But if he is out of Portland, I, like I, there's obviously destinations. I've said this a bunch. I want to see him in New Orleans. I think New Orleans has the pieces. I want to see Dame and Zion together. Put pieces around Dame and Zion. That is a championship level duo. It is. Um, Dame like Ingram. Maybe Kira Lewis, a field picks that put Demon Zion together. You're winning a championship, whether it's now or a few years in time. You are winning a championship. That's what I want to see happen. But you know, I don't think I don't know if that has the highest chances. I like I don't know if the Pelicans are willing to do that. But I don't know. That's what I want to see happen. And finally, for coaching hires, this is the last one I talk about. Um, the Boston Celtics hire Aimee Adoka from your assistant for the Brooklyn Nets. I think that was a great hire. Um, Aimee Adoka will be very good for Boston. I don't know a ton about Aimee Adoka, but I know he's a good coach. I know he is what Boston needs. Um, I don't know. Disconnect Brad Stevens. Um, like he was like their coach for a long time and he wasn't a bad coach. Him slipping down really came out of nowhere. So I don't know if it'll be an upgrade from Brad Stevens, but he won't be a downgrade. That's what I know. Like they're both good coaches and Boston should be good again. Um next season. That's it for the coaches. Like I said, I mean I don't know a ton about coaches. I'm not gonna go and try to be an expert on these hires and tell you, Oh, this is gonna make this team really good. Like I just give my initial thoughts not hiring um but yeah conference finals um next in the nba we've got two series going on right now hawks bucks game three was yesterday um this like this might be posted on youtube after the clippers and suns game already starts or after it's finished but i recorded this before the game started um, I think the Suns will wrap their series up today. Um, at home, you've only they've only lost one game at home this entire postseason, and I feel like that needs to be talked about more. They lost Game Two 
to the Lakers at home. And that's the only game they've lost at home. The only one. Um, the Lakers took the second game that was in LA. They didn't lose against Denver. And the Clippers took one game that was in Los Angeles. So, I don't believe they're going to lose their second. Like, um, questionable wins in this series. The in-love was not a questionable win. Like, you can say calls on that, whatever you want. No, the Suns won that game fair and square. Last game was just, that was a bad ref game, but it was a defensive battle. When games are defensive battles, a lot of times it comes down like bad refing does the job. But I don't think that's the reason the Suns won that game. The Clippers had like 10 shots to take the lead, and they didn't take the lead. The Suns did not win that game because of refing. The Suns won that game because they played great defense down the stretch, and they ended up being the first team to extend the lead. And then Paul George missed two free throws. <laughs> not two free throws. He missed one free throw. He missed one free throw later on. Boogie had a terrible intentional miss. The Clippers just needed to intentionally miss free throws. It wasn't, and that that much happened. Th- that was terrible, down the stretch. Clippers had a terrible game. Really, the Suns also were terrible. Devin Booker, Chris Paul have had back to back bad games. Um, I I think they'll rebound tonight in Phoenix. I hope. Devin Booker was frustrated. Devin Booker took off his mask. Because um, I guess he thought he wasn't playing well with it. It didn't really do him no luck. After the match, he had one mid-range jumper. He pulled up, he knocked it down over, I think, Reggie Jackson. But uh, besides that, in the fourth, he was he came out from campaign. He got in foul trouble. He ended up getting fouled out. Chris Paul was still good. Chris Paul was still good. <laughs> it's crazy. Chris Paul had like 10 points on bad efficiency. And I can say he was still good. Um, Chris Paul was playing good defense on the stretch. He hit a lot of clutch free throws. He didn't have a Chris Paul game or Chris Paul masterclass, but he did what he needed to do to win a game down the stretch. And that's all you can ask from a star player, right? But in these last two games, the Suns have played bad. Like, their role players haven't been incredibly good. Chris Paul and Devin Booker have, like, some big shots in the game, but they struggle ultimately. Um, the Clippers have been very good defensively. Defensively, in these past two games, they figured the Suns out in a way. Patrick Beverly has played incredible the past two games. But at the end of the day, you can play good defense. But the Clippers are heavily relying on a three-point shooting. Small ball lineup with Morris, Beverly, George, like Reggie Jackson. When they use that lineup, they're going to be shooting a ton of threes, a ton. Um. Because that's what a lot of those, like, that's the screens of a lot of the people in that small ball line, Batum. But when those threes aren't falling, the Clippers are ineffective. Um, You saw that in Game 7 against Denver last year. Like, when the, when you're a team that's so reliant on your three-point shooting, the Rockets, like the, 20, the 2018 Rockets, who, that, the reason they lost that series to the Warriors, because they missed, what, 18 straight threes? And why are you taking 18 straight threes? But when you're so heavily reliant on three-point shooting, you're going to have a game when, where they don't fall. And, and when you have that type of game, you're probably going to lose. You're probably going to lose. Chris Paul, Chris Paul hadn't played in 11 days. He, he was better in this game than he was the game before that. He, I didn't expect him to be super good in game three. He hadn't played in 11 days. Devin Booker... 
is playing through a broken nose, which shouldn't affect his shooting. I don't know why he's been so bad. Um, He gets screens. Like, I don't know why he's been... It's been difficult for him to draw separation off Patrick Beverly. But if Devin Booker and Chris Paul are going to play bad, they need DeAndre Aiden to show up. They need DeAndre Aiden to play incredible basketball, all-star level basketball, which he can do. He did that in games one and two, and he did that in game four. Game three, not a great game for DeAndre Aiden. Zubac was getting a lot of offensive rebounds over him. Zubac just played insane. Zubac was very good in game three. And in game four, too, Zubac played solid in game four. I am, you know, I probably talk a lot of crap about Zubac because there's games where he misses a post shot two feet away from the rim. Like, how do you miss that? He misses a defensive rebound, and he did have something. He got the rebound. Chris Paul knocked it out of his hands, and the Suns got the possession where they ended up scoring. That was one of the reasons they won that game. Um, Zubac, like, you know, you'll hate on Zubac for that, but Zubac in these past two games have been, has been one of the main reasons the Clippers are in it. They have a bad possession. They miss a three, but Zubac is cleaning up the boards and he's drawing a foul. Um, which, you know, Aiden's got to be better on the defensive glass. He had, he had 20 rebounds last game. So he's got to be better on the defensive glass. But Zubac did get like eight rebounds over him. And Aiden could not allow that to happen. Because Zubac was getting in ones in game three. Zubac was literally great. He was great. Then you have Paul George, which that's who the Clippers' chances in the series rely on. That's their guy. PG-13. Um... He's been good. He's been good in these playoffs. He had very good games against Utah. He's the reason they won that series. Um, he was. He's been good against the Suns, but he's in the clutch. He's just had moments where he he keeps taking. He's been missing threes the whole game. In the fourth quarter, he still takes three more. Like, you know, the the amount of threes Paul George has taken, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Paul George. Though Paul George is not doing highlight dunks over three people anymore. He's still a very good mid-range shooter. He's a very good finisher. He should not be taking a bunch of spot-up threes. Um, Reggie Jackson, he would. there was plays where he's fading the whole clock and just taking a three that goes off the rim. Um, it, But when the Clippers' threes are falling, they're incredible. They're incredible. That's the reason they beat the Jazz. Like, every three-pointer was falling. Late in that game. Reggie Jackson wasn't missing. Terrence Mann wasn't missing. Paul George wasn't missing. Batum wasn't missing. Um, But they need that type of production to win a game. And even when they get the type of production, they barely win. Like, against the Suns in Game 3, they won by, like, 10 points. And they played. That was one of their best games of the playoffs. Without Kawhi, of course. Um, Of course, I don't think... And for them to even win that game, Chris Paul and Booker had to have some of the worst games of their careers. They were very bad. And Aiden wasn't great. First game, I could point at Aiden and be like, he wasn't great. Um, the Clippers had an incredible third quarter. And they, they were down 16 at one point in this game. They had an incredible third quarter. They just could never take the lead. But I think the Suns are going to win this game. But the key to the Suns to win this game, they're going to have a third quarter raft. They've been having these third quarter rafts all playoffs you keep the game close you're winning at halftime but then in the third quarter they hit 10 threes in a row and nothing you can do about it but you have to keep the pedal on the gas after halftime 
Booker, I think Booker will bounce back. It's Chris Paul, I don't know. I don't know. Chris Paul's been... Chris Paul's very good against Denver. And then got into COVID protocol. Then had a few rough games. But I think the Suns will close the series out. And go against either the Hawks or Bucks in the finals. Which is a good segue into that series. Um, We're three games in to this. Trey Young is questionable. Trey Young, the referee, caused Trey Young to get injured. He like he like hit Trey Young's foot. Um, the referee was way too close to the players. The ref- why is the referee ever in a position where a player can bump into him or he can hurt a player? That's the whole point of the referees jogging around the sidelines. I think the referee should lose his job, for sure. The whole point of you having the referees jog along the sidelines is so that doesn't happen. That should not happen. Anyway, um, Trey Young's questionable. He was not looking the same late quarter, but he'll get time to rest. I believe he'll play. If he doesn't play, the Bucks will win that game, and the Hawks are not escaping a 3-1 deficit. I refuse to believe that, and this series will be over. I have the Bucks in this series. I have a Bucks Suns finals. Um, but I think without Trey Young, this will go six games. With Trey Young, this will go six games. Without Trey Young, the Hawks will not win another game in this series. You just looked how they looked late. But Chris Middleton, please give respect to Chris Middleton. I understand Trey Young wasn't good enough. Like, Trey Young couldn't walk. But Chris Middleton literally went crazy in the fourth quarter. And I just love to see it. Chris Middleton, you'll have crazy takes. You'll have people um crap on him all year. But when he is on, he is on. When he's giving you those 35-point games, he is elite. I just wish he can be elite every game. I just want to see a level of consistency from Chris Middleton. Just if he is elite, and Giannis has given you 30 and 13, that Bucks team is winning the finals. That's always how it's been. But it's been Chris Middleton not playing like a second star. But at his best, I know he is a second star. So that's what infuriates me when he has these bad games in the playoffs. I'm not going to criticize the player for having bad games. Everybody has bad games. But you're having these bad games in the playoffs. The time where you just cannot have these games. So that's what I have to think. Chris Middleton, I, I, I love to see him do good because he's a great player. It's it's consistency, a problem I, I have with Chris Middleton. Giannis is great. Giannis has been great this whole playoffs. He's literally putting up historic numbers. And you'll have people hate on Twitter just because he takes too long to shoot a free throw. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm not a part of the Giannis hate group. I will s- slander him when he deserves it. When he airballs two free throws in a row, yes, that's going to be some cause for slander. But um, besides that, I'm not going to go crazy on Giannis. Giannis has been playing amazing. And... They just, they're two games away from the finals. They just got to win two more. I think they'll do it. And this is the year Giannis is finally going to make his first finals. I believe. And it's just great to see the Bucks doing well. But yeah, that's all I got to say about that series. The Hawks are still a good team. With Trey Young, they did win game one. They were blowing them out to begin this game. But, um... And even in game one where the Bucks lost, like, they didn't get blown off the floor. They were Chris Middleton shot away from going to overtime. Like, come on. The Bucks are winning this series in six games. If Trey does not play, it's going to be in five. Next, we have the only thing in the football we'll talk about. I'm not going to go too long on this because it is big news, yes. But it does, it's not like I'm not going to spend 
half the episode talking about this. Only reason for that is is because it happened three weeks ago. You've probably got the information you needed to get from it. I just I'm recording well, and we'll talk about it. So Julio Jones was shipped to the Tennessee Titans. First of all, this is still for the Titans. What they didn't even have to give a first round pick for a top three receiver in the league. I understand he has health problems. I understand he's old older. I I get all that, but the market for him was very thin, and I feel bad. For the Falcons, because they did get fleeced. A second-round pick for a generational receiver that is going to be great. He's going to add so much to the Titans. Titans won this trade. I'm not going to tell you who won this trade, because I think it's obvious. I don't care if he doesn't stay healthy or not. He All he has to do, this team is built to make a playoff run. They already are making a playoff run. And I think you could look to the Titans and be like, there's a problem. They don't have... When Derrick Henry, like, there's going to be games where Derrick Henry can only get three yards at a time. Derrick Henry is not going to have 19 carries, 105 yards every game. There's going to be games where you need to, we're going to need to rely on Ryan Tannehill to throw you three, four touchdowns. And adding Julio Jones makes it so when those games where Derrick Henry is not going absolutely crazy, you have another option when Ryan Tannehill needs a number one to throw to now he's got a top five receiver in the league i hope he stays healthy his age is not a problem he's still great like he's not just gonna automatically be terrible next year or the year after that no he's gonna be great he's gonna be still pretty good for a few years now um so yeah um the titans won this trade i'm like i want julio jones to titans maybe i said this on a podcast i want julio jones to titans i think he fit there and i was happy when he got traded there he's finally gonna be able to play playoff football um and the titans are gonna be great they were already were great they just get even better so again like i said i wasn't gonna go too far on that i think i only talked about that for maybe like two minutes but anyways as always this has been a double trouble podcast if you have listened to this long thank you so much maybe leave a like maybe subscribe if you enjoyed but this has been a double trouble podcast and i am out